cost the person something that was buying them. And you know, it was these uh, sacrifices that little boys and girls have no concept of. Neither are they able. They can't. They just can't have the understanding of the cost behind those things. And um, he was able to be thankful for the toys he did have. The toys, right? He was able to be thankful for the toys. But it never, watch, it never, it hadn't yet translated into thankfulness for the one who provided them for him. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody have, anybody have toys in here they like? (laughs) Judy says, yeah, I got toys. Right? The difference between boys and men or the price of their toys, right? That's what I've heard anyway. I don't know if I believe that or not. But But I do have to ask you this. How are we different between this little boy? How are we different with our Heavenly Father? How are, so many times we can sit around the table and we can tell each other the things, T-H-I-N-G-S, the things that we are thankful for, right? But sometimes it stops there. And we don't take enough time to ponder the one who provided everything that we had. It came to my mind the other day. I sat down by myself to have a little lunch to eat. I was traveling. I had some lunch. And I just said, Lord, thank you. Everything, everything that has been made in front of me, whether it's the plate, whether it's the knife, the spoon, the fork, the, the food, everything you made, you made originally. And all we did was took what you made and put this together. What a, thank you. Thank you. And what does gratitude look like in the life of a believer? What does gratitude look like? I want to look at the 100th Psalm. If you'll notice here, the very first verse, we are told to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. And I know uh, people say, well, I'm just making a joyful noise unto the Lord. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. I'm not very, uh, my voice is not melodic. It sounds like a dying calf in a hailstorm. It sounds like, well, there's other things I probably shouldn't say, but it sounds like all sorts of things, right? And, uh, and uh, I, I'm just, but the Lord tells me, just make a joyful noise. Well, did you know that word noise does not have anything to do with singing? Right, Mrs. Davidson? It doesn't. The joyful, the, the word joyful noise here in the, in the Hebrew, ruah, means a shout of triumph, a shout of joy. So um, it, it is not speaking about anything melodic. It is talking about the, the, that battle cry of victory when your team wins, right? When the Chiefs uh, pull out a win and everybody's going, ah, right? Or whoever your team is. I don't know. Does anybody in here like anybody else but the Chiefs? Oh, don't, don't ruin the spirit anyway. But don't tell me. Don't tell me. And so I've come to like the Chiefs because we live in Missouri, right? They're, they're good. And Tom Brady retired. So I'm like, oh, now what am I going to do? I guess the Chiefs, right? And uh, thankfully, they're, they're an awesome team as well. But boy, I tell you what, they win and the stadium goes nuts. 80,000 people go crazy. Uh, millions of people across that are behind televisions are going crazy. What are they doing? They are making a joyful noise. It is a shout of triumph. No, it's a, yeah, it's not a, uh, right? There's the other shout of defeat. That's not a good one either, right? What were you thinking, right? You ever see guys do that? Yeah, they get really animated. And uh, it is a noise. It is a noise of celebration. This won't date you, this doesn't date me to some of you, but to some of you, it does date me, okay? 1986, I was watching the championship. Is the Boston Celtics were playing the Houston Rockets. 
It was down to literal seconds. It was down to seconds in the game. Larry Bird said, throw me the ball. And they passed him the ball. I mean, with seconds left, he went to the corner three-point land, hit the shot from the corner. How many like Larry Bird? He was awesome. Hit the shot from the corner, the three-point shot. They won the championship by one point. One point. When that shot went in, the clock went down. The, it was in the Boston Garden. The place absolutely erupted. It was the most incredible thing. to. They had just won their 16th championship there in 1986. Man, I tell you what, it was a, listen, that was a joyful noise. That was a shout of victory, joy, indescribable. You know, this is the normal response for somebody who wins. This is the normal response. Have you ever seen anybody uh, win, win something big and they just stand there and go, yeah, that was wonderful, thanks. Now, when our grandson was really little, when Silas was young, we went to Hanode, and uh, they did that whole flame thing, and up it went, and he just sat there. Didn't respond. I was like, oh, this kid's going to be an axe murderer someday. And uh, he's not. He's, he's doing great. <laughs> but uh, no, man, you respond. It's the most normal thing to do when you have found out that you have won, that you respond, Right? But hold on a minute. This is said to have to, to be something that comes out of the life of a believer in Jesus Christ. This comes out of the life of somebody who is related, spiritually related, to the God of heaven. No, he says here to us, make, it's a command, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Make a joyful noise. This, notice this, this joyful noise is something that is desired but from God, God wants it. God wants us to respond in joy. He wants us to respond with a shout of victory. It's a good thing to, to learn how to do that. Amen. It really is. I know everybody in here is half asleep, but it's all right. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. He, listen, God wants you to do it. Watch this. And God wants all of the nations of the world to respond with a joyful noise unto him. What does that mean? Well, it must mean he wants all the world to be saved, right? It must mean he wants whosoever will. He didn't say what elect nations can do this. I like that. He says all that... All ye lands. God wants everybody on every corner of the, of, of, the, of the globe to be able to respond to him with a joyful noise. How do you do that? Look at verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. I like that. You, you know what's exciting? When you think about who our Heavenly Father is. He is creator. He is heavenly father. He, he is sustainer. He's, he, he, by Jesus Christ, spoke the worlds into existence. He's the one who brought Israel out of Egypt. He's the one who promised the Messiah. And here he came some 2,000 years ago who dwelt among flesh, who became among, uh, who dwelt among us, who lived a sinless life, who went up the road to Calvary, who was buried and rose again the third day. I tell you what, that's a good reason to shout. That is a good reason amen that is a good reason to have a noise listen to make a joyful noise why the God of heaven is our heavenly father amen to that you know you want to know why I shout you don't want to know why this church should be a, a church that responds to God with a joyful noise listen to this because the God who made the universe and spoke it all into existence he knows my name 
You think about that for a minute. The Bible says he has every hair of your head numbered. I know what some of you are thinking. It's easier for some than others, right? But listen, he has every hair numbered. He, he knows every sparrow that falls from the sky. He said, Solomon in all of his glory, he said, the, the lilies of the field, they toil and they spin not. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed such as one of these. And over in Isaiah, he says, for what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him. Listen to me. The God who made it all knows your name. He knows your name. Listen, he knows your name if you don't belong to him. Because why? Because he's drawing you. He wants you. He desires to save you today. It's why we shout today because God knows who we are. He knows our name. He knows everything about us. He knows more about us than we will ever know about ourselves. Listen, every rotten thought, every awful deed, everything that you've ever committed, every sin that you've ever done, he knows about it. And you know what he said? While we were in sin, while, while we were in sin, Christ died for us. No, he, he, knew, he knows everything and he still wants you anyway. The God who brought Israel out of bondage of Egypt brought me out of bondage when he saved me, when he saved my soul and when he saved your soul. He brought you out of bondage. Hey, the God, listen, the God of the universe is the same God who I said was crucified on Calvary. And it was the same God, the same God who rose from the dead three days later is the same God who, who arose in me 22 years ago and arose in you when you got saved. Hey, listen, man, this is a reason to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. You want to know why I shout? Look at this. Know that the Lord, know ye that the Lord, He, He, He is God. He is God. No, it's not Muhammad, I'm sorry. Allah is just not another name for Jehovah God. It's a different God. It, 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 he does not exist. It is not Muhammad. It is not Buddha. It, 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 it is not Joseph Smith. And he still hasn't become one. Oh, I know, you know, uh, I know what Mormons teach. They believe that uh, Jesus became God and, and as we, you know, uh, man will become God one of these days. That's a, that, that is a lie. That is blasphemous. It'll never happen. We are the sons of God, but we don't become gods. Joseph Smith found out he's not a God right now. Farthest thing from it. No, he said, no, this will make you shout. Know that the Lord, He, He is God. Right? He is God. It, it, it wasn't Jim Jones, obviously. It, it wasn't David Koresh, obviously. It wasn't some young moon, obviously. It is Jehovah God. He is God. That's why we shout today. Because He is our God. He is our God. You know there is no shout of victory and triumph in any of these men, in any of these systems that I, that I mentioned to you. Why? They have created nothing. They have saved no one. They, there is no promise of love in a relationship with them. There is no assurance of eternal life. Why? Because they are dead and they are still in the grave today. Right? Amen. You know why I shout this morning? Because the God of heaven is, is not in some grave somewhere, but our God is alive. He will never be defeated. He will never be dethroned. And He will reign forever and ever and ever and ever. This is our God. Amen. You know, know what we're told to do when you think about things like that? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise. For this God, Psalm 48, for this God is our God forever and ever, and He will be our guide unto, even unto death. You want to know why I shout this morning? Because we win. We win. 
This is, no, I mean, you need to think this through a little bit. I mean, you look at the world and everything's falling apart and you heard me, heard it said and people are saying this a lot lately and it is so true and I like it. It's not that the world is falling apart, it's that it's falling into place. And God is on the throne. And He told us uh, 2,000 and 3,000 and 4,000 years ago, it was prophesied what was going to come. And friend, we're living in it right now. Do you realize the world is, the world right now, the, the armies of the world are, are congregating in the Middle East for some weird reason? Do you realize Israel is in another battle? Do you realize uh, China and, and Russia and, and Iran? Do you realize Iran's going to get wiped off the map one of these days? It's going to happen. You watch this. Yeah, why? Because God said so. Uh, we're living in that day today. We are living there. And you know what? I had a man I was just talking to a few weeks ago, a lost. He's not in Christ. He needs to be saved. He is lost. And uh, he told me the, the other day, he goes, man, something's going on. I'm telling you, listen, I, listen you, you can say, I don't want anything to do with Jesus Christ. You can say, I don't want anything to do with God. Here is what you know. Things are weird right now. Things are going on. Things are happening. And I told this man, I said, yeah, it's exciting. He said, oh, it's kind of scary. I said, it's scary. I said, it's, it's only scary if you don't know Christ. I said, I said, if you know Jesus, it's exciting. But if you don't know him, yeah, it's scary. It absolutely is. I said, but you can know him. And I said, we can talk about that again some other time. But uh, yeah, absolutely. They know what's going on. But can I tell you, we look at it. We look at the scene. It's falling right into place with what the word of God says. And you know what we know? We win. We win. If you're not in Christ this morning, listen, you can be a winner too. You can come on the winning side as well. Whosoever will may come. If thou should confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I'm thankful for that this morning. We, when your shout is connected to your gratitude and your gratitude is connected to your trust and your trust is connected to the cause. What's the cause? Who's the great cause? It's God. Yeah. It is God. Yeah. Hey, listen, if God isn't the one who's initiating trust in your life, who is? Whoever it is, can I tell you, they'll die someday. And if it's in yourself, you'll die someday. And then what will you do? Yeah. Notice another thing in our passage. Not only is there joyful shouting... But look what he says here. Serve the Lord, verse 2. All you land, verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Service. We talked about it in Sunday school. Yep. Being a servant of the Lord is missing today. Everybody just wants to, you, you've heard the three S's, sit, sour, and soak. Yeah, sit, soak, and sour. There it is. Sit, soak, and sour. Just want, everything's about me. Me, 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 me. Everybody goes to choose a church, what it does for me. Everybody looks for a ministry, what it does for me. Or whether they do a ministry at all. Everything is about me. No, listen, we are servants, servants of the Most High God. Can I ask you something? What if you, you find your most favorite political figure? You, 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 you tell me who, you know, you can think of a, who that might be or the greatest person that you have admiration for, whether it's some multi-bazillionaire or something like that. Could you imagine if they called you up on the phone and said, hey, I want you to come work for me. I want you to hold the door when I, when I come in, when I, when, I, when, I, when I come into the Oval Office. Sign me up. Every day. Could you imagine every day? You fill in the blank, whoever your favorite president was. Could you imagine if he, if he came along and said, I want, you, I, want you to, I want you to help me. I want you to serve me here in the White House. I'm here. 
You know, you know what these people that come under the president, they say, so many of them, we serve at the pleasure of the president. What, is that, what do they mean? They can get rid of me anytime they want. I serve at the pleasure of the president. And so many of them are happy to do it. Listen to me this morning. You serve the God of heaven. I'm sad to say so many have dropped out of service and try and of just looking for a place to be served. Can I tell you something? If you found that place in your life, you will not find joy and contentment and peace living there. It is not possible. You, it, it is not possible. We find our, our joy in serving others. We find our joy in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. We find our joy in serving the God of heaven. Why? Because it's exactly who our God is. He serves. Think about that. The king serves. It's unbelievable. Service establishes three things. The one you're serving is above you. Yeah. This is the problem in a society of self, in a society of TV shows called American Idol. <laughs> you look in the mirror and you're, you're the idol. You're God. Yeah, you're God. That's why, it's why people don't serve. Yeah. Why? Because the one you are serving is above you. You've acknowledged them. They're, they are above me. Number two, the established uh, service establishes this. Number two, the one you are serving has provided something you couldn't provide for yourself. Number three, the one you are serving controls your future. This is the dead end of serving self because you have no control of your future. Right? You don't even know if you're going to breathe tomorrow. You don't even know if you're going to have food tomorrow. You say, well, I'm going to. Well, probably by the grace of God you will, but there's a chance you won't. Yeah. How many have ever been to a place in life and you realize there's not one thing I can do about this? The doctor report came back. Yeah. The IRS letter showed up. <laughs> the electric bill came in and you go, uh-oh. It's like somebody... Cooking meth upstairs? I don't know about it. How did it get this high? <laughs> yeah. No. Somebody left the electric blanket plugged in for six weeks. That's what they know. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that happened. But <laughs> yeah. You know, many years ago, people would get on hard times. And they would fall behind their in their bills and such as that, and they'd get to a place to where they couldn't even get ahead anymore. So what they would do is they would sell themselves to be into, into servanthood, to pay their debts off. This was back before government, you know, safety nets and welfare and all of these things that we have. And people would have to sell themselves to pay bills and to, to stay alive. And, and they would do it for so many years until they paid off their debt and they'd be out and they'd be free again and, and they would do things like that. But as a man that was sold into servitude and they sold themselves, right? This was something willingly. Ser, you know, servitude is, we're not talking about slavery here, we're talking about servitude, indentured servants and things like that. The one who purchased them, watch, was immediately now above him he was providing something that that person couldn't provide and he was controlling the future of that one who indentured himself to them. Right? This was no occasion for joy, friend. I don't care how it sets up. 
You might find some areas to be happy because you're not going to debtor's prison and sitting there. But it wasn't like, yeah, I, gotta, I, I am a slave of, of the Jones. I can't wait. This is awesome. I've been waiting my whole life for this job. Right? No. No. Families were separated. Futures were put on hold or, or destroyed. Morale was like down in the dumps, you know. The family was like, oh, hey, what's your dad do for a living? Uh, nothing. Right? You're not bringing stuff to show and tell at school, you know, to, to bring your dad to, you know, bring your, whatever your dad does for work day, right? It's like, what's your, never mind, nothing. No, this isn't good. It's not good. But can I tell you today, this is not what it looks like to serve God. <laughs> can I, this is not what it looks like to serve God. Yes, He is above us. Amen. He is God. He made us. He created us. He has provided something that we could not provide for ourselves. Amen. We're happy for that. He is in total control of our future and we're happy for that. But the, the, to the child of God, watch this, our service, our service is a service out of gratitude. Why? Because He rescued us. He rescued us. He has given us eternal life. We shall never perish. And no man will ever pluck us out of the Father's hand. We serve Him out of gladness. Look at this. Verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. And look at this. Come before His presence with singing. Notice that colon there. What comes after, right, explains what's before. Know ye, uh, serve the Lord with gladness. What's one of the ways that you serve the Lord with gladness? What does that look like? He said, come before his presence with singing, with joy in the heart. Coming before him, why? Because he's good, because he's our father, because he is God, because he is Jehovah, because he's in control of everything and we can trust him. When a person gives their life to Christ, it produces singing, not sighing. It produces singing, not sorrow. It produces singing, not anger. It produces singing, watch, not fear. Not fear. You know, listen, we, watch this. We are able, in this, we can see in this text and we know it in our life, we are able to approach God. We, are, we have access because of Jesus Christ to the very throne room of, of, of heaven. We can come precisely right into the presence of the creator of all of the universe. And we do so, watch, with joy and with gladness and with pleasure. Watch this. Which makes you want to sing. Amen. Amen. The righteous, the Bible says, doth sing and rejoice. See, one of the evidences of a thankful life one of the evidences of thankfulness in a life of a believer is not only shouting and rejoicing, but also singing. You say, well, all I can do is make a joyful noise. Well, you're making a singing noise, but sing, okay? It's okay. Sing from the heart, right? Amen. Boy, we're singing. Why? Why? Because unlike that slave who's drowning in debt, who is taken from brokenness to bondage, Think about that. From brokenness to bondage. Yeah, no, we were in a heap of trouble too. And we were in bondage. And we were in slavery. And we were bound to our sin and bound to ourselves. But the only difference was why we sing is because when Christ found us, right, we were in bondage to the God of this world. We were in bondage to sin. We, we were the enemy of God. But when He found us, He set us free. 
He said, if the Son of Man has set you free, ye are free indeed. Right? Christ set His eye upon us. He drew us to Himself. He showed us our sin. He showed us our helplessness. He showed us that the debt of sin was far too great in our life and that only He could take care of it. I'm telling you, the day that I repented before God, placing my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, a load of sin was taken away. All of it was taken away. The bondage to self and the world was broken and God made all things new that day. Do you remember that day? Do you remember that? Yeah. I guess three people remember it. That's good. Good joyful noise. You know what my thank you know you know what a thankful service produces? Produces singing. Some of you stop singing. You don't have a song in your heart because you stopped serving. Watch, you've stopped serving, and we're going to see it here in a little bit. But it's totally connected to thankfulness. Psalm ninety-five, one and two. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise unto the Rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise unto Him with psalm. Listen to Psalm ninety-two, one through four. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to watch, sing praises unto Thy name, O Most High, to show forth Thy loving kindness in the morning and Thy faithfulness every night upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery and upon the harp with the solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad. Amen. Through thy work, I will triumph in the works of thy hands. Notice again the word give thanks and the word sing praises. In Ephesians 5, 19 through 20, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making, uh, singing and making melody in your heart as unto the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We see again singing and thanks. See, watch this. When God is the initiator, gratitude is directed toward Him. And when gratitude is there to, to, to Him, it will produce shouting and rejoicing and a heart that sings. Yeah. Now, would you notice verse 4? Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. The gates of the city of those ancient cities are those areas where the king would sit many times. On a day-to-day -day basis, he would hear, he would hear uh, people's cases, and, you know, the court cases would be brought before him, and he'd make decisions for there in the gate of the city. It's where legal transactions took place. It's where laws were made sometimes. So we're told here, watch this, uh, to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. What are we doing? It's talking about a kingdom. We're entering into his domain. We are acknowledging his rule in our life. We are, we, we, when we understand all that we have in Christ, watch, we come into his domain, into his kingdom that we are now a part of, and we walk in front of, into his presence with an attitude of thanksgiving. Why? Why? Because it's all from him. Everything we have is from Him. He is our Father. We are told here to enter into the, His gates with thanksgiving. Look at this. And into His courts with praise. Friend, not everybody can enter the inner courts 
of the king. Not everybody had that access. Remember Esther, when she needed to go before her husband, Ahasuerus, who was the king, and she says, hey, listen, he hasn't called me. If I go in front of his presence and he has not called me, I'm dead. My head is off. I, I'm gone. And we know she did it anyway. But, the, but we know this in the ancient times. Boy, that king, if you weren't called into the presence, into the court of the king, you're a dead man. You're a dead woman. Notice what we have access here in our father. Not only, listen, not only do we, are we able to enter uh, right here uh, into the gates, his gates into that, into that kingdom with thanksgiving. Watch this. We can truck right on past the gates and go right into the inner court right where he rules from, and have access directly to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Look what it says that we ought to do. That Listen, that we should, that, that we should enter his courts with praise. Praise him. It should cause us to praise him, which is another aspect of thanksgiving. Yeah. You ever taken time? Just set aside time just to praise the Lord? Lord, I want to praise you for life. Lord, I want to praise you for a home. Lord, I want to praise you for a vehicle. Lord, I want to praise you for health. Lord, I want to praise you for salvation. Lord, I want to praise you for, for, uh, for a church. God, I want to praise you. Just praise him, praise him, praise him. Why? He is worthy. Why? He has done it all. Yeah. Yeah. We have direct access to him. There's a billion people on the planet that are trying to get access to God through Mary or some, other, or some other indulgence to try to get access to God. And all they really need to do is come through Jesus. I was on a plane going somewhere one day and the lady next to me is 92 years old and a, a, Catholic, a Catholic lady and uh, we got talking for a little bit, sweet lady, and uh, she was talking about praying to the saints and praying, going to the priest for confession, and I do this and I do that. And, and I said, well, let me ask you, Bush was president at the time. I said, if you had access at any time to President Bush, would you go to a secretary? <clears throat> well, no. I said, if you're in Christ Jesus, you have access to the Father. Why would you go through a priest? Why would you go through Mary? Why would you go through a saint? You have direct access. Yeah. That's the fact. We have access only because of the work of Jesus Christ. Christ, every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above and is sent down from the Father of lights where there is no turning, neither, neither, where there is no variables, neither turning. Yeah. Listen to Acts 17, 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your poets have said, for we also are his offspring. He is our everything. He is our everything. Jesus rightly said it. Without me, you can do nothing. Let me ask you this morning. Who are you trusting this morning? Who are you trusting? Watch. It's evidenced by your thanksgiving, which is revealed in your rejoicing and your singing. It concerns me that Christians that can sing the world's music and can't remember a hymn or a Bible verse. It would concern me, listen, it concerns me when somebody can go and sit in front of a television and watch a, watch a football game or a baseball game or a basketball game, nothing wrong with those. 
that they could have more rejoicing in their heart when their team won than they do when they come into the house of God and truth's presented for, to them and they sit there like a calf at a gate. Like, like you're not going to affect me, buddy. No, I'm not talking about the lost world. I'm talking about the saved world that, that is claiming to be in Christ. It's connected to our thankfulness. If we understand the gravity of all that God has done for us, Boy, it ought to cause us to shout and sing a little more, amen? Well, you don't know what I've been through. Well, you don't know what you might have been, could have been through if it weren't for the mercy and the grace of God. And listen, no matter what you have gone through, and no matter, no matter what uh, struggles that we're having, I'm not minimizing struggles, but no matter what you have gone through and what bitternesses are, are in your heart, if you're in Christ today, you're not going to hell. Yeah. So sing. Rejoice. Have you lost your shout? Have you lost your joy? Maybe you just need to spend a little bit of time remembering what all that God has done for you. You lost your song? Remember who you serve. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Well, it's not going so great right now. Friend, it will be great. Don't worry. And, it, and, and it's not going to be great. Listen, we get excited when we have a good year. Friend, we're going to get a good eternity. <laughs> Amen. I like that. Okay, I like it. Maybe you just need to remember who you serve. Yeah. Listen, you, listen, we all serve somebody. Everybody serves somebody. But listen, if you're in Christ this morning, you have been freed to serve the creator of all things who loves you. Yeah. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not in Christ. Maybe you're watching online. You're watching online this morning. You're not in Christ. Can I tell you, your life's going to end someday. It's going to end. You know those things that you're thankful for now? Those things that you're trusting in? You're going to find out that they're not going to follow you out of this life. You are trusting in and you are thankful for things that do not last. Somebody has said it so well. I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. You're not taking it with you. You know what you find out? The longer you live, it doesn't last long enough to put it in the U-Haul anyway. It's, it's generally rusted out and thrown away by then anyway. The satisfaction that you're looking for, the void that you're trying to fill, the emptiness that you're trying to satisfy, you haven't found it yet, have you? Can I lovingly tell you this morning, you will not find it outside of Jesus Christ. Why is that? Well, you said, I, 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 don't, I, I don't want religion. Wonderful. You came to the right place. Because we don't have a religion. We have a relationship with the God of heaven who lives. He lives. Salvation isn't some mystic experience. Right? Salvation is a person. It's Jesus Christ. Yeah. And you can come today. You can call today. You can write today. You can email today. And somebody can show you how you can know without a shadow of a doubt when you die that you'll be with him eternally. Yeah. Who are you trusting this morning? Watch. It will be revealed 
and the object of your gratitude. It will be revealed in who you're thankful for. Not what, but who you're thankful for. And you know how you'll see it? You'll see it in your countenance. You'll see it in your shout. You'll see it in your praise. Yeah. You'll see it in your singing. It'll show up. There's, listen, there's nothing worse than unbelievers coming into a house of God where people have no joy and no life and no love. I'm telling you, that does more damage, more damage than, than many, many, many other things. Yeah. May God help us as we think of this week of Thanksgiving, as we think of this time of remembering all that we have and all that we've been given. May God help us just to get back to a, a good shout, a good singing, and a life of thankfulness. We would enter his presence with an attitude of thanksgiving. We would enter into his courts with praise. With praise. Why? Look at verse 5. Look at well, the end of verse 4. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? For, for the Lord is good. Amen. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you this morning. We thank you that you set your affection upon us. We thank you that you made a plan to redeem us back to yourself before you created anything. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the blood. Father, thank you. And God, we just want to praise you this morning. We just want to take a little time to thank you for who you are and, and what you do. And Lord, would you help us to be people, people of thanksgiving, people of praise. Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand this morning. The invitation is going to play. It's a good opportunity right now. It's a good opportunity to get down where you are, come to an altar and thank God for what he's done in your life. Thank him for where he's brought you. Thank, you from, thank him for what he's done. You come. However the Lord has spoken to you, you take that time. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never been born again of the Spirit of God. There's something in your chest that is heavy upon you. You're trying to put it aside. And I tell you, that's the Holy Spirit of God. In the depths of your soul, you're here or you're watching online, maybe. In the depths of your soul, you know you know that God is and He is real and that who Jesus is. And you need to come and surrender to Him today and give your life to Him and trust Him and receive Him as Savior. You can do that today. We have people trained. They can take the Bible. They can show you today how you can know.
Well, praise the Lord. We are going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. And uh, we're going to... I'm trying to think how we're going to do this. We're going to have lunch. And uh, yeah, I got Jim going there. Yeah, food. And uh, so we're going to... We're going to have some, some dinner here. And uh, is everything set up? How do you want to? Okay. Okay. That's fine. So let's be closed and dismissed in a word of prayer. And uh, we'll kind of mingle our way back to that area and uh, get, get things figured out from there. All right.